Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and my cast is as follows. C. Thomas plays Oka Hien, an Osamar Bloodhunter. Max Guo plays Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra Artificer. Erica Flaidlin plays V. Noxherzo, an Elf Sorcerer. Valiant Dorian plays Vasca, a Yuanti Bard. Hamna Shahid plays Jaron Cotter, a Dragonborn Rogue. Dare Hickman plays Gentle, a Triton Monk. Quinn B. Rodriguez plays Sitlali, a Changeling Cleric. And Austin Knight plays Abiku Ishtar, a Reborn Goliath Ranger. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include fantasy violence, blood and bloodletting, gore, body horror, amnesia, memory loss, romance, flirting, references to sexual entanglement, monsters and monstrosity, imprisonment, complex and complicated relationships, and destructive sound effects. Arc 7, Episode 6. Shadow in the Light, My Love. From Without Setting Fire by Emerson Whitney When Abiku Ishtar wakes in the chasm, she is 10,000 years old and the world is ending. Her eyes flutter open. Her pupils are gold and sharp and full of vanishing starlight. The sky above her is dying, so she sits up. And at the same time, so does Shrinyi. The lovers rise from their graves in tandem, back to back. Abiku's eyes lift toward the sky, the endless horizon, the metastasizing darkness, and Shrinyi's eyes go down. The bottomless pit, the beckoning mist, the dark seed of annihilation, whispering oblivion upward. Abiku stands, so does Shrinyi. Without turning around, without so much as a wayward glance behind, the lovers separate. Abiku scales the chasm, and Shrinyi goes down. As Abiku walks, her eyes turn dull, orange, a simmering autumnal, until mist rolls in from her cheeks and her gaze becomes clouded. And Shrinyi's eyes, once silver, grow dark and shaded until coal-black fog tessellates across. We know Abiku's story. The doctor... The drake bones, the frost, the memories, the friends, the tyrant, the keepership. And now, we learn Shrinyi's. She descends 
into the abyss. Her limbs can walk, can move, can climb before she knows what speech is. Fear doesn't exist for her yet. She braves the quakes, scaling down, down, down until she reaches the impregnable mist, the unfathomable haze. She keeps plunging, keeps walking until her feet catch air and she's falling, plummeting toward an ocean of viridescent green and wings erupt from her back. Leathery, furred, lavender wings and she glides down, 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 past a canopy, past branches, past strange creatures and ever stranger bones, down into a lake, a well, a pillar of water drilled through pliant earth, gills flare open. On her neck, scales bristle across her jaw. She drives through a boiling chasm, crimson water cascading past her body and hurdles toward a hole chiseled open in volcanic rock. She glides past pillars of plunging fire, bubbling plumes of magma, streams of lava, down, 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 drawn toward that blackened call of that voiceless voice. She jumps from dais to dais, melodies ringing out into nothingness and lands at the bottom of everything. And she sees it, and she knows instantly what she must do. Her wings splay, her breath catches, she makes herself a wall, a barrier, a guardian, a warden, a protector of the world above whose deeds shall never be known. And for a year, for eight long months, Shrinyi holds. And the only time she wavers the only instance when Oblivion's influence slips past, exploding a pulse wave across the northern face of Endake above, where half its paragons are trapped in the carnival. The only instance she wavers is when she senses Abiku die. Up north, in Moreau's, though she doesn't know it, impaled on the spike of an empty beast. For one year, for eight long Months, Shrin Yi holds. But when you turn your back on the abyss, it tends to sink its teeth in. Abiku, you stand at the bottom of the chasm, facing a glowing, pulsating, lavender wall. Your lost love, your wife, Shrin Yi, is embedded in its center. She looks exactly how you remember her. Dark skin, handsome face, but this time her long black hair is pulled into these intricate goddess braids. Her eyes are closed. Her body is slumped forward, her arms splayed like a saint. Her chest is heaving, she's breathing, but she's not moving. Abiku, what do you do? Without any second, like... The time between when we see Shunyi and Abiku acting is immeasurable. I start running towards this wall, and you all hear me say out loud, Sun, she's she's here, come help me! Uh, and I summon Sun. 
Sun is right there with you. They are at your heels. They're like running forward, slinking, right? Like a black shark through darkness. And in like moments, in seconds, in heartbeats, you are right there. You're right up on her. You, you like run past where Dr. Luso is sort of staring motionlessly up at this wall and you're there. She's maybe 15 feet up into the air, right? She's like sort of floating there and embedded mm-hmm. in this wall of flesh and leather and black veins and purple light. I like get on Sun's head and have Sun like stand up so I can be eye level and I'm gonna try and like touch her face. Abiku, as you scale Sun's neck and he rears up onto his hind legs to give you purchase on his scales and you reach out to try to make contact with Shrini who you haven't seen in a year, who you haven't seen in 10,000 years, I want to pivot really quickly now over to Gentle. What are you doing? I think I'm going towards Dr. O. I want to see if Dr. O is, like, of sound mind. With everything that's been happening, they've seemed deeply conked out. So I'm checking in on that. Okay, yeah, Gentle, you tear your eyes from this massive barrier of amethyst light and coruscating flesh and you jet over to the good doctor and as soon as you're like within i think like arm's reach of them you see that they're just sort of they're just standing there their eyes behind their glasses are just sort of like unfocused but they're looking at shrini's face and their arms are sort of limp and hanging by their sides and it's almost like they're in some sort of deep stupor where they're thinking like a thousand different calculations at once and they're not materially here. But they are breathing, right? And they are just sort of like looming there looking. Vasca, what do you do? I think Vasca, looking upon Shinyi and how Abiku is acting, putting together descriptions and descriptions of memories long gone from the long travels between her and Abiku, how could she not know? This is her. Vasca, I think, wordlessly begins pacing forward to try and lend aid to Biku, but is still speechless. She's looking around, trying to calculate how this has happened. Why is she here? How did she come to be here? But focuses on Biku and supporting them. Mm-hmm. And as your eyes frantically dart from Shrini to Abiku, Shrini to Abiku, you steal yourself and you sort of square your shoulders to lend the support and this comfort to your friend. And now we pan over to Oka. Oka lands somewhere in the middle, I think. Like, they are not as familiar with Abiku or Abiku's story or the fact that she had a wife. I think they learned that maybe an hour and a half ago. Um, So I think that they pretty much instantly move forward in between Dr. Eluso and the wall. Um, And they draw Dream Hunter like one fell swoop real fast, but they hesitate as I think Abiku gets there and Vasca gets there. Their brow kind of furrowing hesitantly as they watch something play out. But they're kind of holding a defensive position in front of the two of them. You see the same expression on Dr. Luso's face that I described to Gentle, kind of unfocused, kind of here, kind of not there, wooziness in the depths of their dark brown eyes, right? Their brown hair sort of hanging limply on their forehead, but that focus is coming in and out, in and out. It's not quite entirely there yet. And we pan back to you, Abiku. You reach out a hand to caress the side of Shrini's face, and you do. You make contact. You touch the side of her jaw, which has these purple scales glimmering, I think, along her cheeks. What else do you do or say? 
I do not know if you can hear me, but I am here. I, I brought Sun. I kept Sun safe. We are here. We're going to try and get you out of whatever this thing is. As you say these words desperately and genuinely, you see like movement underneath the closed eyelids, right? Like someone in like rapid eye movement sleep, like in deep slumber with vivid dreams flickering across. And you see her eyebrows twitch as like a shadow falls and then clears and then falls and then clears. It's like you're almost getting to her. She's almost awake. Son, can you connect to her how you used to? Maybe you can wake her up. Uh, yeah, okay. Let me try. I'm gonna try to talk to her psychically like like we can, like we used to be able to. Shrini, it's me. It's your best friend. It's Sun. Are you, uh, are you there? We're here to get you out of this freaky wall thing, okay? I'm here. We've gotten bigger. Abika's here too. We miss you. I need you. Shrini's eyes flash open. And you see pure inky darkness. Just like how your gaze was pure white before the keeper ship unclouded them, her gaze is pure black. You can't make out any sort of expression beyond the open eyes, but her head tilts to the side at like a slight, barely perceptible 15 degree precision. And she says out loud, though her voice is, Abiku, there's something deeply wrong with it. It is distorted. It sounds like 10 different voices run through a compressor, shredded up in a blender, and then stuffed back into our vocal cords. And you are going to take 34 points of bludgeoning damage as fast as a bolt of lightning, her right arm that had been affixed to this wall of flesh tears free from it and just sucker punches you in the jaw in a like directly the same place where she punched you when you first met 10,000 years ago. I'm going to say right now, Abiku does not know how what Abiku is not react aggressively. I don't know what anyone else does, but I think it feels too familiar to where is Abiku thinks it's just like something's up with her similar something was up with me and it's like a muscle memory thing and she's just like yes i i, I do have you and it's gonna try and just like pull her down as you sort of reel from the blow it was like sharp you your head snaps to the side and then you look back at her and we all just we almost see like a smoldering fist mark on the side of a biku's face and we see like a bruise beginning to blossom on your undead flesh even as you like lift up both arms compassionately and try to pull her down but at this point her left arm has come ripped free as well there's like a sick kind of sloughing noise as she tears free of the flesh wall that she's prisoner warden to embedded herself into it comes down as well, and she's actually going to drop out of your reaching grasp onto the ground 15 feet, like, underneath you. And she hits it really hard. There's almost like a, like a sonic wave from where she makes contact with the obsidian ground that washes out across this entire black expanse. It hits all of you like a cosmic wind. And Shrini looks up, and her blackened gaze is hungry. And I'm gonna need you all to grab your dice and pray to your gods, cause we're gonna enter battle against a real dangerous foe, friends. So, oh. 
That's my new way of saying roll initiative without actually rolling initiative. Uh, do not actually roll initiative. <laughs> I'm not asking for that. Uh, but we're, we're, but this is fight. This is combat. Combat has begun. Uh, who's going first? Oka's ready as Shunyi is going to come in. I assume for a next blow, probably at Abiku, Oka's going to jump in and I'm going to try to use my parry, actually, with my blood weapon tattoo to try to deflect some of her rage, anger, and pain. While I think also kind of like sliding in and going, uh, Biku, what the fuck? I don't know, but don't don't hurt her. It's She is possessed or something. Just get her down. And Oka braces and takes whatever hits coming next. Okay, Oka, you're trying to protect Abiku and Sun from Shrin'i, so I need you to make a either an acrobatics check or I'll let you make a weapon attack. 21? That, yeah. So you cut yourself between Shrin'i, Abiku, and Sun just as she's lifting her like left arm and we see that hand curl into a fist and sparks of purple lightning are erupting from her knuckles threaded through with a weird black pulsating light that Abiku, you definitely do not remember Shrini being able to possess. Uh, and as Shrini's fist flies forward at Sun, of all people, you lift up Dream Hunter and you deflect it. You parry the blow and it glances off. There's like a massive ringing noise as this magical weapon like explodes off of the force of her fist. And Oka, this close to her, you notice something really bad. Though she has come off of the wall and is like on the ground and detached from it, there are like these sick pulsating tendrils coming off of the back of her body, still linking her to the wall. And like her wings are the main point of attachment. Those are wings on either side, extending into infinity from like west all the way to east, right? And they just, they just go. So if you wanted to try to get her off of it, you have to like cut her wings off or something like that. As Oka takes that blow, they kind of, I assume, like, skid back from the force of it a little bit, like, their heels digging into this oblivion nothingness that's all around them. They throw a glance over their shoulder at Gentle. Gentle! The wall! I'm not strong, but I will do what I can. And I think we actually pivot. We swing over to Gentle. I know absolutely that my physicality will not help when it comes to pulling uh, her out of the wall. However, I do want to pitch something. Uh, at the at the use of of, of a key point or, or multiple if need be, if I could give my punches more of a cutting or like a slashing energy, almost if, if like the aura that I have like normally for like my hand of harm extends to that of like little you know let's say a little bit of a blade just so I can help cut the tendrils. Would that be plausible? Mmm. How many key points do you have total? Seventeen. I'm gonna say that action will cost. Let me roll for it. Okay. Just so you know, my strongest move, my, my capstone ability, is five key points. Just so just so we have a range here. <laughs> uh, it's going to cost you four. Okay, I can move with that. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, as you rush forward, Gentle, what does it look like as key begins to imbue your fists? Once again, in Gentle being disgustingly anime, um, I think as Gentle is simply running up, I think their normal just key energy gives off a very, like, clear like just vibe and i believe it just starts solidifying almost looking like hard light as you see that very much like white almost as if they're wearing like gauntlets with like a small blade attached and these are just going to be i think very much deliberate chops at the tendrils to try mm. to just separate them almost surgically okay make either an attack roll with your fists or an athletics check 
I'm going to make an attack roll with my fist. Just one? Just one. It'll count for all of them. That is a 25. Okay, yeah, we see these, this like hard light blade almost erupt from like the flat side of Gentle's palm as they dart forward and they, you like hit, trying to target the weak points, connecting those like fleshy wings to the back of Trini's shoulder blades. And it's like hitting concrete, Gentle. It's hard, even though it looks fleshy and like it's made of bone and body, it's like amethyst, it's like a gem, it's like steel, it's like diamond. and. As you make those chops, you see parts of it begin to sort of like loosen, like threads of a rope starting to come undone. But with every chop that you make that loosens, it starts to like reattach itself. So you're gonna have to like constantly chop at these wings and not have any interference to be able to get them off in any sort of timely fashion. Who do we pivot to next? I can take it because Vasca is kind of wanting to do more support utilitarian stuff at the moment. Vasca pulls up her flute and begins playing a tune. What I'm gonna pitch, Connie, since I let's think outside the box of D&D and bards for a moment, because right now Obiku is the center of Shunyi's ire for whatever reason, as well as Sun. I want her to be able to like channel using her chi magics, a bit of wind and energy that she is channeling around Obiku to shield her and Sun so that she's able to create space for Abiku as well as everyone else to kind of cut Shinyi loose. Mm, okay, so why don't you make a spellcasting attack or a sleight of hand check? Let's do a, let's do spell attack with better. That is a 15 plus 11 for a 26. Very nice. Yeah, you start to do these circular motions with your hands and we see this sort of like gale wind. <laughs> swirl into existence around Abiku and Sun and sort of buffeting Oka as well. Like your hair's getting ruffled left to right, left to right, your robes, your halo, your wings are fluttering, but you stand strong in front of Shrinyi and Abiku, you see this friendly barrier thrown up by Vasca. Thank you. I I have an idea. What I would like to do, I would like to do, to, I, got, I, got to, I got a Pokemon with me. So I want Sun to just go and try and rip these bad boys off with his big old mouth. I would like to go try and like pull the other way to help and cast a spell while doing so. Okay, so Sun, I think while buffeted by these gale force helpful winds, soars forward, jaw like open and gnawing and ready and hungry and, and desperate to help their friend. And whatever role Sun makes is going to be made with advantage, thanks to Vasca and you as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Sun can make a like a bite attack. Thank you, advantage. 27. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, 27. And what magic are you trying to do to help? I run up and I hug her and I whisper in her ear, Get the fuck out of my wife. And I cat I use that like dominate monster cleansing thing I did. Oh fuck yeah. Okay, that's either gonna be an intimidation check for you with advantage or a spell attack with advantage. Let's say spell attack. Roll to love your wife. Uh I'm going to use my ability. I've only used one other time knowledge of a past life to roll a d6 before I tell you the result to add 30. Baby, Sun rips one of the wings off as one of Gentle's hands slashes down and 
cuts through it uh, like a master martial artist cutting through 10 different blocks of cement, right? With like sun assisting from the side. Rip! There's like a sickening kind of crunching, sloughing, slashing noise as we see tendrils and massive pillars of black goop and blood just splatter onto the ground, concealing itself against the obsidian floor as Shrini reels and one wing is gone. And as you hug her and you say that thing, she lets out a like there is something inside her that you're trying to will to get out and we see more and more of that blood just gush from the wound and you realize it's not her blood it is mother's blood it is that empty corruption those black veins through this entire lavender barrier that's what it is and that's what you are trying to will out of Biku but even as Srini is struggling like she's trying to talk to you through the gurgling through the rasping but she's still fighting and now it's gonna be her turn slash the uh thing inside her's turn slash both uh so I need all of you to make a strength save. Honey, are you serious? <laughs> the one thing I'm bad at. Violence against bards. 23. Oh, okay. 16. Think, uh, 16. Oh, I, 24. Okay. 23. Okay, all of you except Vasca save. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so on a success, you choose one. That's right, baby, it's one of these. And on a failure, you choose two, Vasca. So, in the middle of Shrini's gurgling, Abiku, because you're right there, you see something shining inside her mouth. <laughs> At first, I think the bizarre and absurd thought crosses your mind of, what is that, a coin? And then you realize what it is. It is a shining bead of pure gravitational force brimming in the back of her throat. You recognize this because your memories are back as like her signature breath weapon in her full draconic mage form. She opens her mouth and pummeling out in just like a pure line of destructive starburst energy. It sweeps across this entire place. We like zoom out and we see a huge laser beam line cut through the darkness, like the as long as the Empire State Building, and just sweeps left to right once extremely quickly and passes through all of you. So let's do the successes first. Do you all want to take a lot of damage? Become immobilized and not be able to move from where you currently are for the entire rest of the fight? Or answer a really difficult question? Let's start with Oka first. I can front some damage, I think. Okay. Oka, you are going to take 63 points of thunder damage. Oh, fuck. Spiritual That's tank, cool. let's go. That's cool. Uh, I think Oka gets knocked head over ass backward, and they like fly backwards, hit the ground, roll, 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 hit the ground, hit the ground again and you sort of skid to a crumpled heap of wings and blood halo and bone and tattoo and skin. Let's go to Gentle next. I'm really scared of the question, but I'm deeply curious. Oh, you want to take the question? I'm deeply terrified, but Let's why do it, not? Friend. How are you going to break me? <laughs> Let's do it. So I think as the beam passes through you, you feel like pain, like, ratchet through your body and you also notice and feel Shrini's eyes for once tear away from Abiku and look at you uh, and you hear something coming gurgling out of her, her mouth it's not her voice it's whatever's inside her it's whatever empty presence is corrupting her uh, sort of go 
out, out, out. And you hear her go, no, no. And for once, all of you hear Shrindi's actual voice cut through like a clear bell on a stormy day. No, I can't. I need more power. I, I'm sorry. And gentle. What precious aspect of your consciousness or soul does Shrini consume? That's a that's a question right there. Oh boy. I think my curiosity. Oh I I couldn't I don't know what else I could give up. I can't give up my kindness. I can't do that. Oh, okay, yeah, you feel a part of your body, a part of who you are. It's not even like your hand or your foot or your heart or your lungs. It's a part of your soul. It's a part of what makes gentle, gentle. And you hear something screaming really loud and you realize it's you. And it's also the scarred, beaten, bruised, loved version of you that you agreed to never hide again that is screaming and screaming and screaming in pain as you see a part of yourself rip off of your body, like a mirror image of your face, an aspect of it is like sucked off of you and hurdles into Shrinyi. And that curiosity is shredded and shattered. Abiku, which one would you like to choose? Hit me with that damage. <laughs> I'm okay out here. So okay. Woo, stronger than me there. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, let me roll for it. You're gonna take 74 points of thunder damage. Cool. I so I resist thunder damage, and I will use my reflective resistance to double resist thunder damage. Uh, so real like quick. a fourth of it. Okay, so 0.25 yeah. plus times 74 is 18. Uh, 19. You take 19. You take 19 points of and, thunder damage. And while I do, do you see these like these lavender scales appear on a Biku? I look at like through her into the whatever thing is in here, you will not use her gifts against me. Oh, <laughs> that is so badass. Oh my God. Yeah, this thunder just passes through you. You knew this was coming. You know her. You know what Trini is capable of. And those scales come up and reflect that and like ward you against it. Vasca, which two are you picking? <laughs> I'm hiding from you. I'm scared. I can't take that damage. I, I could roll low. I could roll low. No, I can't. I can't. That's 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 I am not in a good health spot right now. I can't. So I'll take the other two. I'll be immobilized and ask me a difficult question. Okay. As the beam passes through you, just like with gentle pain ricochets through your soul. It's like a like a heartbeat of just pure throbbing agony. And just like a gravitational well pulls everything uh, to an anchoring point and like roots it to the same spot, you are immobilized. It's not a frozen kind of like icy immobilization or a paralytic one or a venomous one. It's gravity. You're like pulled down and rooted to the spot. And if you try to move it, it just slams your foot back down. And I also need you to answer, Vasca, what precious aspect of your consciousness or soul does Shrin Yi consume? I know I asked for this, but I don't know how, how to answer this. Her laugh. 
her joy, that kind of adjacent emotion of joy. You said, you were saying to me, Val, as a player to Connie, I want to never feel happiness again. It's either that or her grief. Mmm. Yeah, okay. Oh my god. Okay, all four of you take inspiration. I need to give you something. <laughs> Polly needs a cracker. Polly needs a goddamn cracker. Give me back my curiosity. <laughs> okay. Wait, okay, wait. I had an inspiration. Can I, can I like, can I give the extra one to someone else? You can stack it. You can okay, stack cool. inspiration. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yep. Bosca. Just like with Gentle, you see an aspect of yourself pull away from your face. You see like a ghostly after image of your own body, of you smiling. Your arms thrown around Atalanta, Atalanta kissing you, dipping you. And like that joy suddenly feels very distant, very distant, very distant. And then poof, it is gone. Shrini takes it. And all that is left behind is a feeling of your heart being torn open and shattered. As this aspect of gentle and this aspect of Voska, I think, float into Shrinyi and like imbue her with a new kind of strength, Abiku, you see those blackened eyes widen, and for an instant, you see the corruption on one eye, the right side, the same side that had the wing torn off, drift away. It's like she blinks and it's gone, and you see her eyes, and her iris is silver, and it is glistening, and it is wide, and it is looking at you, and it is recognizing who you are. And you hear her voice tear through the corruption go, Abiku, Abiku. I am here. It's okay. We are going to get you out. I'm sorry. I, what are you doing here? I, you're not supposed to be down here. I, I'm so sorry to what I took from your friends, but I had to. I have to. It's getting stronger, Abiku. I can't hold it back much longer. I need more power. I need more power or it's, it's gonna get through. It's gonna get through and I... I... I wait. I, I can help. I can give you some of mine. Um, can I just, like, give, like, raw level spell slot? Yes. But by sacrificing a spell slot, it won't refresh on a long rest, I think. For example, if you have two fourth level spell slots, you can sacrifice one permanently to imbue her with a lot of magic. Or you yeah, can sacrifice that's... one like temporarily to like give her a little bit of boost right now. Nah, uh, I need my girl back. So I'm like 100% like take it. Okay. Abiku, what does it look like as you give up a part of your magic to help her? I think it full on looks like, it might be weird, but like Abiku reaches into like, her face like it like like it's if it's like a like sh like a shimmery mirror and like takes one of these clouds off and puts it on Shun's face i love that as you sort of place the cloud upon her cheek her left eye clears as well and it's like both of her eyes are back she is back in full control she lets out like a <gasps> like a loud inhale. And you see, I think that's when Gentle's final like fist and chop comes down on her left wing as well. And it's ripped off and she falls forward, stumbles away from the wall. She is freed and she stumbles right into your arms. And she feels so 
tired and exhausted and small and strong and muscular and noble and handsome and beautiful all at once. She is here. She is yours. And her arms are around you and she's staggering and she is bleeding. And the last of that filth of that mother's blood is slothing off of like both the wounds on her back and in huge black puddles by her feet. And now that she is disconnected from the barrier, you all see the barrier begin to shimmer and glitch and pulsate like it's destabilizing. Shrini looks up at you, Habiku. What's in her eyes is a mixture of relief and love, but also terror. No, I, I, uh, I have to go back to that wall. No. I have to, Abiku. I will do this part. You have tried long enough. I spent a year wandering up there, wondering who I was, and this whole time you were down here protecting us. It is our turn now. <laughs> and I kiss her before she can say anything. <laughs> you kiss her. And as you kiss her and embrace her, it's almost like this warm glow blooms in both of your chests, right? Soulmates. As the two of you hug and pull each other close. And as this like moment of relative calm settles over this battered and devastated battleground, Oka, you finish rolling uh, some like couple dozen feet away from everyone. Uh, Voska, you feel that gravitational pull like cease and you can like finally move again. Gentle, right? I think that hard light glowing from your palms vanishes as your work here is done. And you see, right? You feel Nebuza, I think, stir within you, Gentle. Uh, and you feel that as well, Voska, but she's starting to like, as the barrier wall starts to destabilize, you feel Nebuza beginning to spin again, just like in the jungle, starting to feel terrified, trembling, threading, fraying at the edges. And Oka, as you pull to a halt and your like wings stabilize around you, you feel Sen beginning to whip themselves into a fury again inside your heart, inside your soul, a nervous, rabid animal pacing the interior of their enclosure in terror. And it is you, Gentle, who is able to make sense of the fraying, even as you feel Nebuza's presence reach out to you like a a tangle of knotted strings. You hear her voice go, look. And you see strings, threads. One, two, eight, nine, 17, 24, 30, growing by the second, traveling invisibly down, down, down from the very top of this chasm, toward the barrier wall and through it, and you realize what they are. At the same time as Shrini breaks away from the kiss with a biku and says, souls, there are souls, I think, I don't know how, but they're being consecrated to the seed of annihilation beyond the barrier. That's why it's getting stronger. It, it just started coming fast, quick, it's... I needed more power to hold it back. It was fine for a year, and then it just, all of a sudden, these past few hours, these souls started coming down and feeding it, and I, I couldn't hold it back any longer, and then you came. Um, there's a lot to explain, and I'm so glad to see you, but it sounds like right now, we are not done yet. I love you. Abiku, I, I love you too. I promise. You will see me again, 
But for now, and I have Sun, come grab her to fucking leave. <laughs> Wait, Sun! And there's a moment where they, like, nuzzle at first before Sun grabs her. Like, they nuzzle, right, with, like, the head and the head. And then Sun, like, dips his, like, huge head underneath her body and starts, like, starts to pump up into the air. Wait! Wait! Abiku! No! I just found you again! I can't lose you again! I promise. And I have never broken a promise to you. Do you remember? Abiku, you better keep that promise. I love you. As Sun pumps into the air, pumps into the air again, and vanishes. It's gone. Oka, how are you responding to Sen pacing up a fury inside you? <laughs> uh, Oka kind of had skidded, fell over themselves in this kind of crumple, and they pick themselves up slowly. It's so slow. Every time they get hit, it's so much slower that they get up the next time. Why is their body so slow? They can't, this is not the time. This is not the time. This is not the time. Not, not done yet. Uh, and Oka drags themselves up, uses Dream Hunter to like pull themselves up onto their feet and they kind of waver, feeling this feral pacing in their chest. They see Sun going up this screaming, which feels so familiar. How many times do we have to leave each other before this is all fucking over? And their eyes fall on everyone, the wall, everything, and they start trudging. They're trying to run, but they can only walk, their feet kind of dragging behind them as they try to get closer to Dr. Uluso, who has just been standing there. This just, entire just been standing time. Here. Yes. Even as that gravitational lance passed through all of you, it passed through Dr. Uluso too, but their hair just sort of ruffled and they didn't seem to react or respond at all. And Oka, you pull up staggering lethargic, exhausted, in pain, next to Dr. Aluso, who is staring at the now disintegrating amethyst wall. It's starting to vanish from the top down, right? Like turning into just fine filaments of lavender dust and disappearing to the darkness. Top down. Gentle. You see these threads, and I think you can intuit where they're coming from. They are coming from the south, and from above you, that you are fucking out. These are souls. Each thread, each string is a different soul. There are dozens of them traveling past the barrier toward what's beyond it. Toward what Shrini had called the seed of annihilation. What do you do? I think I look at a Biku and I'm like, can, can you do any keeper stuff for this? I I can try and ask the Raven Queen what is going on. She might know, but she it is hard down here. We are very far from the gods. Okay. I try to see if I can like, these are like threads and I, I can see them, right? You can. You can also point them out to Vasca and Oka, who don't seem to have noticed them. I, I will. Um, all right. I don't know if anyone else can see these, but, and I just like gesture at them. I, those are souls and I, I can see them and I don't know how to stop souls. I, I don't know what to do. 
Oka and Vasca, even though you feel your god shards inside you beginning to like destabilize and it, both of you are in a pretty bad state right now, I think. Uh, you see them like sort of flicker into existence as Gentle points them out, like Nebusa's trying to show these paragons as well. Vasca, you're the soul magician. Can you fucking do something? Vasca, who was moments before just slammed into place, finally moves her legs away as if like wrenching it from some unseen force and steps over to Gentle's side and is swinging parable low like an incense sensor. This a blizzard, an unseen blizzard that has occurred around Vasca. Her joy is just removed, and I think what's left in its place is rage. As she steps up towards Gentle, looks you up and down, and says with a snarl in her voice, If I am the voice of Nebusa, then you shall be her fist. And she is going to whip up Parable. It seems like souls are moving through the threads, she is going to try and like snipe them, but also whipping it up to cast haste on Gentle. You see the crystal dagger begin to glow and enshrine around you this unearthly glow, and her eyes are focused and icy as she casts haste upon you. So be her fist. What can I do to stop them? And for the record, I move at 110 feet right now. <laughs> without dashing. You can try to leap up into the air and grab as many as possible. Okay, right? I can fly. Just, just grab them. Okay, Gentle is ensconced in this unearthly light and they erupt up into the air. I need you to make an acrobatics check to see how many you can grab. Uh, that's a 30. You grab 30 strings. Uh... You're snatching them out of the air, and it's like, thanks to Nebusa's influence, you can actually hold them. It's like they're traveling down a funnel toward whatever is past this barrier, but you're stopping them in their tracks. You're like intercepting them in their journey and holding onto them in your bare hands. But you're gonna have to store them somewhere more stable in a minute. But you are able to grab with haste. Like we see Gentle just bounce from air to air to air to air, grabbing as many souls as possible. But even though they get 30, which is a lot, more are coming by the second, and you miss some. You you miss some, they get past you. And Gentle, I think eventually, like your hands full of these like 15 souls in each fist, you like are able to settle back down next to your party. What did the rest of you do? I'll try some keeper nonsense. Can I see these? Yes, you can. They're kind of like flickering in and out, but you see them pulsating like strings of an Aurora Borealis. I try to connect with the Raven Queen. I know you are far, but these souls do not deserve annihilation. None do. And I try to, in very Biko style, try to whip up a whirlwind to just like, to like blow these strings like back, like go back, hope, hope fine Rev. Like I don't have the scythe or anything, I can't store them, but that is what I try and do. Why don't you make me an Arcana check? What's a 19 get me? 19 souls. Uh, yeah. You whip up a wind and you like blow like 19 of these glowing threads, I think 
back up, like back up the way they came, right? Like trying to send them back to Rev, back to the Raven Queen, back to the URL where you know that other team is gone. Voska? I don't think it's too far of a stretch for Voska to compute that, yes, we can save the souls here, but the real problem is what lies beyond. You see Voska look at Oka, and Oka, you see this level of piercing ice cold aura just surrounding Voska as she hangs on to Parable tightly like a lifeline and raises it up like she's about to launch it right at the barrier to hit it. And she looks at you and she goes, Wolf, let's go. And she will anchor Parable and whatever role you want me to make, Connie, what Voska is going to do is imbue Parable with ice and just like almost elongate the arrow dart further and further and larger and larger as she is swinging it. So it creates more momentum and greater weight and just launch it at a barrier and attempt to break it. Oh, I'm into that. Make a weapon or spell attack. Let's, uh, let's do that uh, spell attack, shall we? With my higher 27. Okay, you launch this massive ice dart forward and it lodges in the already disintegrating barrier and we see these huge cracks spiderweb out from the point of contact as you begin to essentially hurry the disintegration of the barrier. And we pan over to Oka. Oh, I think Oka has like just reached Dr. Luso as all of this is going down. And I think they're watching with a level of helplessness, right? Like they're not a soul magician. Their whole thing was that their whole soul was fucked up and they can't fix it. They know bones, they know blood, they know flesh. They don't know souls. They can't hold on to this. They can't hold on to this. And this like pacing becomes more and more intense and they meet Vasca's gaze. And they carried Vinash for nearly a year. They know what rage is. They know what rage is. And I think these like discs of blood behind them kind of like that have been turning and clicking and charring and starting to grind on each other again, click into place. And I would like to use prism. Okay, go for it. 18. Oh, I'm going to use my point of inspiration so that I don't turn into a fox again. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was like, I oh, can that is toss you a bardic. Better. No, okay. that's much better. 31. As Vasca says, wolf, let's go. Sort of like the visages of both Gentle and Vasca having parts of their soul t- torn and taken from them. It's like this image punches out of Oka, but their entire body folds into it, almost like clicking into place as this halo just snaps. And they turn into a Tzillian full stop. Uh, Their face extends to become dragon-like, these two long horns made of bone, uh, and their scales too are like more bone-like. As they rush forward and with these like two horns, just like how they got gored in the Silent Grove, they smash into the barrier as well. Okay, make a melee weapon attack. With my Celian body. With your Celian body. Fuck. Two. Okay, I have an idea. I think how this works out is, this is the first time, aside from when Sen forcibly shifted you in the jungle, this is the first time you've used Prism. 
you're kind of like a, a wild horse that's broken out of its stable. You lower your antlers and you slam into this like prismatic amethyst crumbling spiderweb cracked wall and it explodes. Uh, thanks to Vasca's dart, thanks to the already happening disintegration, and now thanks to your bone antlers, this wall just comes down and shatters. Uh, but I think it flings you as Celian Oka backward, and how I'll resolve that too is I think you are shunted into another form. Uh, the Celian hooves and teeth and fangs and mane destabilize. Do you want me to roll a d10? Yeah, actually, why don't you do that? I turn into a wolf, a dire wolf. <gasps> Ooh, yeah, and we see like reality tessellate and ripple down your Telian scales and fur and you get huge uh, and gray maned and like this little snout elongates and these sharp canines come out as you turn into a dire wolf uh, after you explode backward. And I think you screech to a halt, your claws dragging against the obsidian ground next to Dr. Aluso, who for the first time since all of this shit popped off, blinks looks down at you, Oka. I, Oka? And I think it's kind of like the same as when they blink, it's almost like the camera pans away and then when it pans, Oka's back, like in their own body, like they're existing in two forms at once, sort of. And they kind of stand there with Dr. Aluso. Uh, it's Hagaton. Hey, are you okay? What the fuck, where did you go? Oka, you're here. V Vasca, a, a biku, gentle, costus bud. I, I, and Doctor Luso lifts two fingers to their temple and rubs it like they have a really bad headache. I think Oka kind of unfolds out of their own gigantic animal form, like a flower blooming backward. Everything just kind of like flits away, almost like you pan away and you pan back and they're back to themselves, just being remade constantly, like the constant turning of a wheel. And they like take Dr. Lusa's hand, I think, kind of tight. Sagu, what the fuck happened? Where did you go? I, I, I don't know. I don't quite, I just felt in the jungle, I felt something, it just kept calling and everything was, destabilizing with you all, but I felt this thing, this... not It's not a thread, it's not a voice, it doesn't have a voice, it doesn't have a body, or even even a, a, a mind, really. It's just a presence, a non-presence. It's just, it's just there, it's there. And their eyes fall on something beyond the barrier wall. And you all see it. You all see what Shrini was guarding, warding, keeping out, keeping in. A door. This door is unremarkable, plain even. A humble construction of wood and iron fittings with a well-loved handle and frost scars along the bottom rail from harsh winters. There are two things strange about this door. The first is that it's flat against the ground, like a manhole cover, flush against the obsidian floor. The other odd thing is that every single one of you recognizes this door. 
After all, it's the front door to Dr. Aluso's homestead. Dr. Aluso's door, flat on the obsidian ground, looking exactly as how all of you remember leaving it. What do you do? Doctor, what is the meaning of this? Bosca turns to Dr. Aluso. I... I don't know. I don't... This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't... Shrini was saying something about a, a seed. That's not a seed. That's that's my. I don't. Um. And Doctor Luso looks back at all of you, and for the first time, I think in any of your lives, you see fear, like genuine terror, on Doctor Luso's face. I don't know what's happening no it's 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 and oka kind of like takes dr luso's hand tighter it's it's i don't know it's it's fine right it's fine it's okay i i I don't like this i i don't like this but it's gonna be okay okay maybe your door fell all the way down here right Oh, all the way down here? From the quake earlier? But that's... But I don't... But it looks fine. The hinges are still intact. This is... This is my door. I... I... And Dr. Aluso, like, leans back with, like, their upper body, but, like, they take a step forward. I... Um... What do we, uh... What do we do? What do we... What do we do? My wife spent a year guarding a door in a void to your homestead. And I think what we need to do is see where it goes. And if it goes back to the homestead, I will have a lot of questions. I I don't... Uh, aside from the dais that leads to the other capitals of the eight nations, I don't have any sort of portal door. As far as I know, I don't remember building one. I don't have one. Can I roll insight? <laughs> yes, anyone who wants to can roll insight. Instead of rolling insight necessarily, when Oka thinks about the concept of opening that door, what happens with Sen? Can I get like a reading about what that's like? Oh yeah, I wouldn't even have you. I wouldn't even have you roll for it. Before we resolve the insight roll from everyone else, Oka, as you tear your eyes away from a terrified and their hands are trembling, Sagu, uh, your gaze falls on that door embedded in the ground, and you think, you imagine, you envision yourself kneeling down and turning the knob and opening it, and you feel Sen sort of like froth and scream and yip and tear uh, at the confines of your soul. Every part of Sen is telling you, don't open that door. Do not open it. What did you all get for your insert rolls? I got a natural 20 for 30. Jesus. I also got a natural 20 for 37. I only got a 28. 
Let's go strike team A. Let's go strike team A. <laughs> Plus strike 17 team a to gentle. insight. Let's fucking go. Strike team. Vasca's not playing. Strike team Nabusa? Let's go. Let's go. Strike team Nabusa. What do we get? What? Are, how? How he? Is he? I don't know about this. I don't. I don't remember. You don't remember a lot of stuff, my friend. <laughs> We're okay. not playing with Doctor O. The three of us. With all your insight, with all your extremely high insight checks, Doctor Olusos is as far as they are concerned, telling the truth. They don't know any more about this door in the ground at the bottom of the chasm than any of you do. There's clearly something going on, like they're weird kind of in miasma of fog, their memory, their amnesia, there's something going on, but they genuinely have no idea. The terror is real. For the first time in their life, it feels, they don't know what to do next. As a soul magician, the souls are going there, right? Yep. All of you see, now that the barrier is down, the remaining threads of the souls that you weren't able to blow away or grab onto, traveling through that door. They're going through it, past, All right. to whatever's beyond it. As acerbic and as direct as, like, ice shrapnels, the first thing she does is pan a look to a biku and gentle, and gives them both a knowing look of, okay, something's up, and then turns back to everyone else and says, whatever is beyond that door, Wolf, I know you and I, something is preventing us, but the souls are going there, and we all know that cannot be for good. So we fucking destroy it. What do you propose we do that? I don't know. If Vasanti was here, she'd cast a fucking fireball on it. Can we try that first? It's indestructible. That door is impervious to damage. It can't be destroyed because it isn't dangerous in and of itself. So no amount of damage we deal to it will take. And in exchange, it's inert. It exerts no risk or life or death or want or love or thunder or pain by itself. It's just a gateway. To what? The, uh, the seed, I imagine. Why is your door the gateway to a seed? I don't know. That is, you, you have no idea why it would be your door. It just happened to pick the door to your house. I, I don't, uh, I don't know exactly why it looks like the door to my homestead. If I had to guess, if I had to theorize, ah, one theory suggests that my homestead is by the chasm. So whatever gateway manifested latched onto the closest resemblance of a portal it could find within its vicinity, which would be my door. That would be one of my theories. My other theories are not so optimistic. Um, I don't exactly know who I am or where I came from. And a part of me is afraid that my existence is dependent on or is related to or caused by or a result of or came before or is related to the, to it in some way. Um, the stranger. I think Vasca steps up to the doctor. And that is merely a theory, yes? One of several dozen I currently have spinning in my head, yes. 
Then let us eliminate it at the very least. Allow me to look upon you, doctor. Okay. Right. Right, the, the soul magic, yes. Okay, um, okay. What do I need to do? Arcana check? No, just describe it. Uh-oh, I I hate it when Connie has that face. Uh-oh, I'm in danger. Uh, Vasca pulls out the flute and begins to kind of hone in on Dr. Eluso's tea by playing notes and finding the right notes, kind of similar to the interaction she had with the deuses above, just playing with different notes until she finds a resonance. And then if one note resonates, she finds another one and creates chords with them, and then finds another and creates another melodious chords until she finds and discerns a pattern and observes the energy swirling around Eluso. I am making assumptions here. I don't know what I'm seeing. Uh, as you pull out, I think, the echo of their soul from their body, we all see an aurora borealis of dancing lights begin to flicker around them, and they're the same color as their magic, and their eyes sometimes, which is a bright cerulean blue, just sort of like floating and dancing around them. That's what you see. Nothing off? No. Seems like Dr. Luso's soul. Something the matter, Bosca? Is is the stranger here? I mean, it seems fine, right? There's not even the fact that it looks completely fine isn't off to me, right? So you could try to plunge deeper. This is just what you're able to do with just like your general soul mage okay. stuff. But you can try to like oh, get probe. deeper. But oh, okay, yeah. Bosca's not playing. We're probing. Roll me a d100. Okay. And add your spellcasting attack proficiency to it. Lifting her lips off from the flute for a moment just to say, you might feel some slight discomfort, and continues playing. I rolled. Oh, God. 69! Oh! <laughs> Plus 11. I gotta reward that somehow, right? I gotta, gotta reward the 69! 69. <laughs> Plus 11? What is that, so an that 80? Is okay. An 80, yeah. That's pretty high. Okay, uh, the blue starts to intensify as you're trying to like plunge deeper and pull more and more and more of Hitsagutan's soul out. They <clears throat> wince a little and like we see like sweat beginning to roll down the side of their cheek as Sagu says, ah, Vasca, I don't think there's much more of my soul that you can pull out. It's starting to get very uncomfortable. But at this point, Vasca, you feel in the flute magic and the music that you're weaving that's only audible to you a dissonant note. There's something there that if you just keep going with your 80, if you just keep going, but it might hurt Sagu. If you push despite their pain, you might be able to pull it out. How much pain? You want to keep going and we'll role play it out? Sure. Okay. She probes a little bit more at the very least. Uh, Vasca, are we quite nearly done yet? It's it's quite starting to get a little uncomfortable. There's a level of discord that I'm sensing within your soul magics. Please, Doctor, be patient. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because you're pulling a lot of it out, Vasca. I'm not pulling all of it out. I'm merely probing, Wolf. Trust me. Mm. Please. 
Vasca, this is really starting to hurt. I'll probe one more time. And then if it really hurts, she'll pull away. Dr. Lusso lets out a sharp cry of pain and they stagger forward a little bit. Then she stops. (sighs) And they sort of double over and are breathing really hard as like, oh, the music stops and like their soul starts to like sink back into their body. But right as it does, Vasca, you see like, um, almost like a silhouette of a black halo, just sort of like sink back in to their body as well. It's like, it was so, it was like blink and you miss it. I'm the only one that would see this, yes? Correct. Vasca stops and walks over to the doctor and pulls like a healing hand, like looks over at them. My apologies. There was a discordant note that I had to discern the origin. Okay, did you, uh, were you able to find it, Vasca? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. Not well, at the it... risk of hurting you more. Understood. I appreciate that. It's very uh, uncomfortable pain having your soul ripped from your body. Oka, I'm sure you can uh, relate to that. Unfortunately. May I do an insight check on Dr. Luso of whether this is a relief of pain or a relief from probing? From your insight check earlier, it is a relief from pain. Yeah, Vasca says that and looks over at Oka for a moment, just nods, and will turn to a B- like turn around and look at a Biku, and I think a Biku would know that gaze of, I think that's the kind of look that she's given you before with your with your soul, of she's seen something, does not know what it is, but she's seen something. Doctor. You said you felt something pulling you towards down here. Yes, I did. And I still do. A part of me wants to open that door. We've tried breaking it. Oka, Doctor, you are both welcome to try. As the Doctor said, it seems impervious to anything we can do out here. And... If what is in there is so dangerous, why don't we just go in there and end it now, and then we will be done? Clearly, the stranger wanted to get down here to get to whatever it is, whatever this seed is, and then we will be done. We, we could open the door very quickly, stick our head through, and then close it again. You may. I am not suggesting that. I am suggesting we go in there, and we destroy this seed, and we are done. One more time. One more time. All right, then. One last time. Are we good before we go in there? Like, look at everyone for a second just to make sure. I definitely have, like, wounds that are, like, actively bleeding. Oka goes over to Abiku, puts another hand on her arm. One more time, and then maybe we could both be done. I have never failed to keep a promise to her. I promised I would see her again, and that's how I know we will be okay. Fuck, I do like you. Uh, and Oka casts uh, Healing Hands, so you get level 17, 17 hit points back. Hey. <laughs> nice! Better than nothing. Nice. Yeah. It's better than zero hit points back. 
while that's happening and their attention is drawn for a quick moment, Vaska is going to cast a message at Dare, at not Dare. Dare is here with me at Mercy, uh, not Mercy. What am I doing? <laughs> what are you Val. A message to? <laughs> Hold on, Val is having what a. What was that? Uh, stroke. Hello, Vaska. Hello. Hello. <laughs> cast message at Gentle. There we go. We got there in the end. And she says, there's something to the good doctor. We may need to keep an eye on her, both of us. And she's trying to do this really subtly as well. Um, it's just like a quick, like, points that gentle, sends that message. Begins stepping up to everyone and says, once more, let us be done with it. Uh, before we go through, I just want to um, say something, which is, uh, you all, I count as my very dear friends. When I came down here by myself, I felt dissociated. It's the only right word for my body. But when all of you came, it, I don't know, I felt more like me. Um, seeing all your faces, feeling your presences nearby, I felt less unmoored. And I just want to say that I know that these past eight months have been extremely challenging, to say the least, with the cataclysm and everything, but I am very glad to have gotten to know all of you and to have sent you out on your quests and to be a member of the Alliance and to work with all of you as friends, keepers, paragons, comrades, and um, whatever happens, whatever's on the other side of this door, we'll get through it together as equilibrium. Why do you sound like you're saying goodbye? You're not going anywhere. Right. Okay then, <clears throat> Thor time. Who's touching the knob? Abiku Ishtar! Abiku, okay. Abiku started walking when the doctor, Abiku is so like, like a cup is full and like the water is just at the top and she's like, if I have to do one more fucking thing, I'm going to throw somebody. Abiku. You kneel down, you grab the knob, you twist it, it is not locked. Perfect. And you pull it open. It like opens inward. And you all, sort of like peering over this door in the floor, you all see white. Just white. Like looking at a blank canvas. Huh. You know, I thought they'd be like... A, a big seed that, like, had, like, mouth? Are you sure that that fucking plant knew what it was talking about, Abiku? No! What? <laughs> why would it- it's a plant! Then why are we down here? I found my wife. Costas gets on their hands and knees and sticks their head through. There's a pause as they're just sort of like their head, like an ostrich drinking from an oasis. You know what I mean? They like stick their head through this opening and they go, uh, guys, there's, there's like stuff. It's like, there's stuff. Uh, and Costas pulls their head back through and just goes, just look. I don't know how to describe it. Just, just look. I guess we're all Scooby doing our yeah. heads in. This <laughs> super tense, dark moment. We all just Scooby do in. <laughs> Scooby do it. You all get on your hands and knees and you poke your heads through this open door in the ground, and your hair 
your collective hair don't fall downward. They stay flat against your skull and a pressure presses upward against your ears, your eyes, your cheeks, gravity. You look around and on either side of your eyes, you see grass, short, little bleached yellow grass, but grass nonetheless, pebbles, some earth. And you realize that the white expanse, the blank canvas below slash above you is a sky. It is a dazzling white sky. No clouds, no sun, no stars, just a blank white expanse. And the ground on either side of your face, because that's what it is, it's ground, extends for as far as you can see. It rolls even, it has topography, almost like a field in Kirtal, but it is definitely not Kirtal. But you don't see mountains or trees or water. It's just this parched, dead looking grass all around you, extending for miles and miles and miles. And it's really trippy, right? It's, it's like a mind fuck. Your knees, your body are still in the chasm, pressed up against the obsidian ground, but your head is upside right in a completely different world. The blood isn't rushing towards your face. Your hair isn't hanging down. It's like you're poking your head up out of the ground. There is gravity on either side of this door, opposing each other. It's like if you all were on a flat plane and poked your heads through and then someone rotated it, uh, and it's like on the other side of it. I like get it. I, I, it's, it's more of just like, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think Abiku's like, I hate this and fucking cross through. Abiku, you cross through. It feels like, like falling at first. And then you realize you're pushing yourself up, pulling yourself up out of a hole and you enter this new realm. What about the rest of you? I follow after Ibiko. So does Oka. Yep, Vaska like grabs Costas and it's just like, to the stuff realm it is, and keeps <laughs> pulling Costas through. Bud also claws through and Dr. Luso is the last to come through. And I think from our perspective, um, the entire screen flips as all of you will like pull yourselves through from the bottom of the earth back toward the top. Uh, and you climb out of the hole, uh, this rectangular hole carved into the ground. Now, as you sort of like get onto this parched grass around you, you see that hole in the ground and you see the chasm. It looks like a, just a plain black canvas from your perspective now, just bottomlessly going down as you pull yourself out of the hole. And you're in a blank, under a blank sky, a flat, gently kind of sloping hill with like just this dead yellow grass all around you. And the only other landmark, I guess, for lack of a better term you can perceive from your position, is not even a landmark? It's just, it looks like, it's just a speck. It is a black speck, a tiny little black speck, a little circle in the distance. That's not a star, not a sun. It's just a black dot in like the far distance. It's just it's sort of there, almost like someone like took a pen and just daubed it there. If I had to guess, that is the thing down over there. But does anyone have a way to know where we are? Oka looks around 
and they're like in the whole we're dying to the stranger dream it was a lot different than this i will agree can I use my dark psychometry to get advantage on history checks to discover the dark history of objects and places? Absolutely. Roll history with advantage on this place. Natural 20. Okay. Uh, for a total of 32. This place wasn't always empty. You see it now. Huh? As you glance around the grass, parched remnants of, what is that, the base of buildings? Flattened parts of earth where structures used to be. You see gorges in the ground where rivers used to run. You see wide assemblages of nothingness where you assume there used to be mountains. And as you look around with your like, grim psychometry flaring, your hunter's instincts taking everything in. It's like you can paint in a picture of what used to be here. Like you're rearranging a crime scene because something terrible did happen here. This is what happens at the end of everything. And then you feel it, Oka. Not god shards, because the god shards are alive. Not ghosts, because ghosts can talk. It's... The smell that remains after rain, it's just a smell. Has no sapience, has no sentience, has no method of communication. It's a lingering aura. It is nuclear waste deteriorating after a bomb's gone off. It's the petrichor of oblivion. You sense it, dead magic, dead gods. And as you look up at the sky, because that's where your head is drawn, you see a part of the white blank canvas that is a little bit more white than everything else. And it is a perfect circle. A little too small to be a sun. A little too big to be a star. It's sort of like the remnant of, like if you place a nickel on the surface of a table, and then you remove the nickel after several years, and there's like a dust ring around it. That's kind of what it's like. Oka stares at it. What the fuck is that? Can I try to see if I can get any sort of threads to feel anything that is still a semblance of life? The only semblances of life here, Gentle, are you all. And the threads of the souls from the URL are all sort of like coming through the door and heading toward that black speck. And as you watch, as they just sort of toward the speck with every single soul, the speck gets a little bit bigger. Just a little bit. It was like the size of like the head of a um, pen nib. Now it's maybe the size of a quarter. The souls are, and I just point at it. That's where the souls are going. Then that's where we need to go. Are we ready? We are here. Let's go then. You all move across this blasted, flat, gently sloping, dead, consumed wasteland. And you begin to approach what you assume is the seed. And as you walk, <laughs> all sense of distance is completely fucked up 
like out the wazoo. There's no landmark. It's just flat. It, it could it could be a mile away. It could be a thousand miles away. There's no way of telling. So you just walk. <laughs> you walk. You walk toward that dot and you wait for it to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I think there's like a, a period of time where you all are just like making your way there. And then Dr. Eluso stumbles over nothing. Like the, the ground is flat and they just let out a, <clears throat> excuse me, I, uh, I don't feel too well. Um, can we take a quick break? You may. And Abiku keeps walking. Abiku. What? Now is not the time to face oblivion alone. It is only going to get bigger and harder to destroy if we wait. There is nothing else here. They can wait here and we can go do it. If we fail, I don't think it'll matter where we're standing. <sighs> this place. And Dr. Luso speaks up, unbidden. This place, it, it used to have a name. Tungal. That's right. Yes, this place. Andake and Tungal. Right. Yes, the Forgotten World. Yeah, there used to be mountains over there, and a river that flowed between two towns, and this entire place we're standing in now used to be an ocean. And there were gods here, other kinds of gods, and they had a leader. And Dr. Eluso looks up. A moon. This place had a moon. What the fuck is a moon? It's a celestial body that is not quite a sun, not quite a star. It reflects the light of the sun, but produces no light on its own. Yin. That was her name. Yin, the goddess of the moon. She was sisters with Galtanger. <laughs> what? I don't know how I know all these things, but something about being in this place, I'm remembering. Are you from here? I don't know, but I know this place. Somehow. The chasm. I think... I think there's a reason the jungle, the magma, the lake, the pit, those places were so much older than the first layer. I, I think those places have always been there. But that first layer of the Euclid was just when the stranger fell and cracked it open? I think the chasm is some sort of transitional realm that bridges, bridged, Andake and Tungal. So what happened to it? Dr. Eluso's eyes fall on that black speck, which has gotten bigger since you've paused here to take a breather. It's maybe the size of a, um, dinner plate. So this thing came here to some sister place of Andake 
and destroyed it, and now you're standing here because you feel tired instead of doing anything? I... No, I just... I'm getting all these... Me- memories? I don't know exactly these pieces of knowledge now, but we can, um, we can keep walking, Abiku. We can keep going. Abiku starts walking immediately. I think Vasca is having, like, a moment of fearful clarity of everything that's piecing together and is watching everything that's unfolding and is keeping pace with Abiku, but making sure that she is within five feet of Dr. Eluso. Because this is sus as fuck. And all the pieces are going into her head, and by god, she wishes Salali was here. (laughs) But, like, she flashes a look over to Gentle. I think Gentle is just following along. The normal questions Gentle would ask don't can't, can't do that anymore now, actually. There's just been a quiet focus and determination to get this, like, see this to the end. And I think that is sort of been the driving feeling behind Gentle right now. It's, they're just ready to help however they need to so we can go home. Oka takes Dr. Luso's hand and helps them a little bit as they walk. Um, and I think is keeping pace with Gentle too, like occasionally um, putting a hand on Gentle's back as well to kind of keep them all walking with Abiku's pace. But they're starting to get, it's that quiet mix of fear and anger and rage, that's literal smell of god blood, right? Like in, in this place that they can't quite get out. And I think as all of you continue walking toward the Seed of Annihilation, so Shrini had called it, it gets bigger. Uh, it's no longer the size of a dinner plate. It's maybe the size of like a uh, a basketball or something. And now like a beach volleyball, right? It's getting bigger and bigger. And as you continue to walk toward it, at this point, you've been walking for like half an hour. You just, you keep walking and you keep approaching it. And it just keeps getting bigger. And as it gets bigger, it starts to take up more and more of the horizon. You know what I mean? It's no longer that tiny speck. It's starting to get like, taller and also longer and almost in like a perfect sphere, you know, like in a perfect circle, absolutely nothing oblong or too tall about it. It is perfectly circular. And as you all continue to walk, Oka and Vaska, the god shards in your bodies are not fucking having it. They are coming more and more unraveled for you, Vasca. It's fraying at the edges. Nebusa is spinning out of control in you. And Oka, it is no longer a fox in a cage. It is an angry wolf clawing at the bars, snarling, yipping, whining to get out. Does it seem like we're actually getting closer to it? Or is it just growing and we are just walking? It is just growing and you are just walking. Oka stops. Enough. Enough. We're not going anywhere. I so agree. And you see, like, Vasca's, like, clutching her chest, like, still having her hand wrapped around Parable. The god shards there. Wrenching. Wrecking havoc. I don't know what's going on. Abiku stops and turns around. I am so sick and fucking tired about hearing about your fucking god shards. 
you paragons. It is always about your god shards, and the gods are angry, and the gods are like we are, and the gods say we should stop. Well, guess what? The gods are not fucking here, we are. So what do you want to do? Not them. Abiku, you must understand, we're not getting any closer. I'm not trying to hinder you. You know this. We said we would come here and do what we had to one more time. So if walking isn't working, maybe we make it come to us. I don't know, but we can't just stand here and watch it until it swallows up what's left of this place in us too. Then let's go. That's what I want to do. I want this to be over. I don't want to see us like this. I don't want to feel like this. My entire life strung along on a god thread. And you're right, Abiku. The gods are not here. They are dead in this place. Everything is dead in this place. And there are no bones. There is no blood. There is no soul here. So you're right. That's what I want to do. I want to fight. How do we fight it? How do we hit it? Doctor, you are so smart. What would you theorize we do? Let, let me, um, let, let me try something. And Dr. Luso lifts their hand and twists the wrist, uh, and a psychic blade made of pure cerulean energy ribbons into existence. They hawk their hand back and they throw it forward. And you all see the blade travel a certain distance. Now that you have like a projectile flying between yourselves and the seed, like you can see the distance, like truly. And it is not that far. It flies for maybe like 10 seconds. And then it just, it vanishes. It's like it gets swallowed by the darkness. It just goes. And then I think it's just a fucking explosion of magic out of Oka. Like, hand into their pack, bone shards come out, like, casting everything that they have. Uh, Another wall of bone in the form of, like, these spikes just, like, punching up out of the ground, like, at it as fast as it'll go. And then as soon as that's done, they pull into themselves. I'll fucking use all of the thirsting spells that I need to. I will hemorrhage HP to just keep casting spell after spell after spell, throwing Dream Hunter once and Oka is going. We see Oka beginning to sweat blood as they like throw bone shard after bone wall after like magical blast after bone shard at this thing. They launch forward powerfully and then it's just, they just disappear. It's like sinking into pure black tar. It just goes in and doesn't come back out. And there's not even a ripple. There's not even an explosion, nothing. It just gets sucked in to the blackness and just vanishes. So Biku's gonna try and get big and then jump at this thing. Okay, you do. Abiku, you tap in to that innate rage, that magic that surges through your soul, spiritual energy caking every part of your nerves. And I think the only other time that you did this was in Tyrion's vault. And you like get a flash of his face and you feel that like old rage surge through your body and 
and just a single explosion of mist. Abiku is huge, big, like like gigantic, like compared to the rest of you. She just takes up so much more space now. And you feel massive and you feel powerful and you run toward that seed. You run closer and closer and closer. And as you do, Abiku, you feel its presence. Similar to the god shards, which had exerted a kind of pressure and forced all but the strongest paragons to kneel, this thing has gravitational pull. <laughs> it is not a divine energy like the eight. It is a vacuous, empty pressure, like a black hole, like entropy. And as you start to run closer to it, you feel yourself moving faster, not because you're sprinting faster, but because it's pulling you toward it. Make a strength save. Natural 20 for 28. <laughs> okay, with your nat 20, tell me how you brace against the sudden like pull of it. It's like, it's like a massive vacuum trying to suck your soul out of your body. Uh, I think you see what we all see is this literal giant, like, take one foot up and, like, dig my foot, like, into the ground. You dig into the earth, and even with your nat 20, that means you're not sucked in, but it continues to pull at you. And there are these, like, huge gouge marks starting to get kicked up in the earth as a biku's still getting pulled, like a, a tide trying to take you. But you dig foot after foot after foot in, so it's like a, a net gain of zero, right? So as it's trying to pull you, you're, like, walking forward back toward your party. As it's pulling you, you walk forward back. Gentle, Voska. All I have is my fists. So as Abiku charges in, I take a kind of quiet moment of reflection before I also dash right in. Okay, make that strength save for me, my good friend. That's how much more of my soul can I lose tonight? How? Let's find out. Oh, uh, 19. Gentle, as you run forward, perhaps also spurred on by your winged shoes, Abiku, you see Gentle just pick up off the ground close to where you are and start to hurtle past you as Gentle's soul, body, mind, and all is starting to get sucked toward that thing. Like it's exerting like a sucking, vacuuming pressure. So Abiku, you can like with your giant form, like grab onto Gentle if you want and prevent them from like hurtling into the abyss. Yeah, I will. I will do that. You, j I'm not going to make you roll for it. You just do. Oh, cool. You like, like <laughs> launch your hand for Yeah. <laughs> Are gentle. Grab gentle. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, you launch your hand forward and you grab onto Gentle, and it's just sort of like you brace there while Gentle's in your hand, and you can feel it. It's like a, it's like Gentle's a magnet, and that's also a magnet, and it's trying to pull Gentle out of your grasp. But for now, you have them in your fingers. Vasca. I think seeing that Vasca's like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> um, Vasca's just fucking angry. She has never felt such icy fury in her fucking life as she feels every single definition of herself fade more and more. This is all she has. This is all she has. This is all she has. And watching Oka just cast spells, that's the best thing she could do. She closes that space just enough before she reaches the gravitational field. She's going to cast Sleet Storm to give Abiku some breathing space so they can act, uh, almost shielding them. 
An explosion of an icy blizzard just warps itself into existence between Abiku, Gentle, and this thing. Uh, and as soon as you cast the Sleet Storm, it's like, it's like that planet where glass rains sideways. Uh, you see it raining sideways forward, and then it gets, all of it gets sucked into that black sphere instantly as soon as you cast it. And the sphere is getting bigger. Shuhai Miao showed Oka that it had a heart. On the battlefield, in the past, the stranger had a heart somewhere far off on the horizon, right? And Shuhai was like, go get the heart. That's why we couldn't beat it. Go get the heart. Can Is it the moon? Would you like is to roll history yes! with advantage on this thing with your grim psychometry? Because this is different from the world. Okay, go yes, for it. Yes, I would. On the seed? Yeah, go for it. Roll to know what the seed is. Oh, I rolled on that one. Good thing I have advantage and I'm going to drop my beautiful death. I rolled two natural ones. Don't, do you have an inspiration Can I give earlier? you an inspiration? Yeah, everyone's like, wait! I used it. Can I sacrifice I my it. inspiration? I, I want to take, take it personally. I can take, I can, I'll give you information, but something horrible will happen. All right. Okay. Something so, horrible is happening. How even worse. How much worse can it get? So, you stare at this thing as it continues to grow, and a part of you is thinking, like, what happens when it covers the entire horizon? And then another part of you thinks, what was behind it? What has it already consumed? And as you look at this thing, you realize it is three things at once. It is a weapon. It is an object. And it is a creature. All three things are true. It is not the heart. This was not what Shuhai Miao was referring to. This is something else entirely that you have a gut feeling Shuhai Miao had no idea about. It is a completely separate thing. Are you telling me this is not the stranger? No, this is not the stranger. And as this thing gets bigger and bigger and bigger, Abiku, I'm gonna, okay, the horrible thing's gonna happen now. You ready? I'm so sorry. Abiku, you lose your footing. And you, it's, cause it's getting stronger. The pull of it is getting stronger. You, like the ground explodes off of your calves and you go hurtling backward with a gentle still in your hand, right? Like toward the seed of annihilation. And as you get closer and closer, oh my God, it's like you're hurtling toward oblivion. That's it. This is like the nothing plane. This is the never condensed into a plate. It is a hole punctured through reality. And it, you know, if you phase through it, it's not just that you will die, you will have never existed at all. And then you feel something repel around your ankle. And Dr. Aluso is standing there with a psychic whip that they've like leashed around your ankle and with a strength that does not befit their form, they fling you back like out of the passageway uh, of the seat of annihilation and they throw you backward in like a, one strong fell swoop, uh, basically saving your life uh, and gentles as you are flung like over everyone's heads and the two of you slam onto the ground behind the rest of the party. Uh, even as this orb, this fear, this seed gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And Dr. Aluso turns around to face all of you and there is sheer panic and terror in their face now. And they let out a, 
I think we just have to run at this point. Get past the door, barricade it, get back to the other side and figure out a different game plan. That's not the stranger. What? We need to go. What do you, wait, what do you mean that's not the stranger? Aren't the seed and the stranger the same thing? No, apparently not. That I don't know what that is. What? We do not have time to do this here. We can talk when we are not being sucked up by a black hole. I don't like that. I don't like that. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I hate that smile. I, I hate it. I hate it. No, 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 no. Stop it. Stop it. No. Who's fallen in there? Dr. Aluso had stepped forward to save Abiku. And as the orb gets bigger, we see them pick up off the ground as they are caught in this thing's gravitational well. And the terrible thing is going to happen. They begin to hurtle backward toward the seed of annihilation. I'm fast enough, give me a chance. <laughs> yeah, give us a chance. I will give your party, each of you, a single reaction to try to save their life. Starting with, starting with Gentle. Wait, actually, Gentle and Abiku, I don't know, y'all. Y'all have been flung out of the, I think it's, y'all have been flung out of range. I have a monk move that specifically either lets me avoid fall damage. Either pull the hard move or don't. You know what? Uh, I will let, I will let two of you do something, but oh. not all four. Oh, easy. Vosca, you and me. Easy, Vosca and fucking Gentle. Let's fucking go. <laughs> like round two, baby. As soon as that happens, every logical voice in Vasca's mind is is saying, certainly there's more to this than just Dr. Luso just vanishing. Surely there's more. But her compassion comes back and she looks over to Gentle, who is that reminder of her compassion and not her rage, and will cast haste upon Gentle and yell out, go! and cast haste on you. You are hasted, baby. Let's go. Team Nibusa. I will use Step of the Wind, which Oh, and I will give you body inspiration by bonus action. There you go. With Step of the Wind alone as a bonus action, my dash would be 220 feet. That is just my dash as a bonus. That is not my normal movement or me dashing again. I have gust of wind as well, so as I just grab them, I can just propel myself okay. in the opposite direction. Okay, you know what? Make make me an acrobatics check. Hell fucking yeah. Uh, will a 29 suffice? That is just shy of the DC, my friend. I have an inspiration. Can I use that? Can I yes, roll you can. again? Yes, you can. I also have a bardic inspiration. Bardic inspiration. Oh, I didn't even use the bardic inspiration. That oh. is a D12. Oh, fuck. I forgot about the Bardic Inspiration that quick. I get a D12. Please use it, my dear friend. Vasca's throwing it all on you. Okay, so 29 plus 8 is a, a number that's big. <laughs> you grab Dr. Aluso's hand. And there's a moment where it's like all of you on the ground helping Gentle and then Gentle up there like a fucking kite grabbing onto Dr. Aluso's hand. And you see them, they're like, their eyes are wide. You know, their glasses are like going all over the place on the bridge of their nose. And their arm, their hand is like on your forearm and they're like, their legs are like fluttering like a flag, like toward that black sphere. And they look at you, Gentle, and they open their mouth to say something, but then their glasses fly off uh, of their face and hurtle through the wind and vanish into the seed. And as soon as their glasses fly off and are destroyed, 
a halo of black light spins into existence above Hitsagaten's head and then sweeps down like a scanner in a single uninterrupted motion all the way down to his feet. And when the halo sweeps past their head, their hair turns instantly from brown to gold and their eyes transform from this dark brown to blue. This electric, psychic, frenetic blue. And the stranger says, I'm back. This episode of The Second Stranger was edited by Connie Chong. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and ExplainTrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out ExplainTrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Alex, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Lyle and Peanut, Matt Sweeney, Purple Mouse, Riley, Spencer Critchfield, Scruffesis, and Target.